Welcome to an incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, Associate Pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you guys ready to jump into the word for today? Um, We are finishing and completing our series on the armor of God today. And uh, it has been a great run. I've really enjoyed studying it, uh, Pastor Ron. I really enjoyed it for my, my own life. And also being able to teach this, I hope that you have found a use for it and that, it, that it has encouraged you and has given you something to hold on to and to do every single day, to put on the armor of God. And um, so we're, uh, uh, like I said, we're going to be looking at the last piece uh, in this, uh, um, in the armor of God. And I'll talk about that in just a moment, but before that, just a quick review. Uh, as we've gone through, the, uh, gone through Ephesians 6, uh, we have identified how uh, Paul encourages us and, 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 and makes us aware that there is a spiritual battle happening as Christians, and, the, and it's with our spiritual enemy that is the devil. And, um, and what he wants us to be aware of, what he wants us to understand is that there is a spiritual battle happening around us. And it is a battle where the devil is coming against us as Christians. You know, the devil doesn't like Christians. He doesn't like Christians because God loves you. He loves us and he hates and he wants to do everything he can to attack us and to keep as many people from going to heaven as he can. And because there was a spiritual battle, the Word of God wants us to understand that we must put on armor of, the, the armor of God in order for us to be ready to stand against the attack of the enemy, because he's, la- he's launching attacks on our life. And so he wants us to put on the whole armor of God. And so we talked about um, six pieces of armor. We talked about the belt of truth, which all of these are spiritual elements that are compared to the armor of, uh, of a Roman soldier. Paul was writing to the people of Ephesus who knew a thing or two about armor, because there were soldiers coming in and out of Ephesus Every single day, every single month, they'd see them in the market. They'd see them uh, uh, just around the city. There was a training facility there in Ephesus, and so they saw it all the time. Paul the apostle, who was in prison being chained to a Roman soldier, um, had a great view of the armor of a Roman soldier. And inspired by the Holy Spirit, he wrote to the church in Ephesus to encourage them to be ready for the spiritual battle by arming themselves to arm ourselves with armor. And so six pieces we talked about. Number one is the belt of truth and the importance of putting truth in our life, understanding that truth is absolute and that truth is established by God alone. But the devil wants to change what we believe to be the truth. He wants to change it. Therefore, we have to know the truth so we can be free from deception. And we find that in the Word of God. So we have to arm ourselves with truth. The second piece of the armor in the armor of God that we discussed was arming ourselves with the breastplate of righteousness. And righteousness is the standard in which we please God. It is living rightly. And righteousness is meant, it's not just to, just to get us to follow rules. Righteousness is meant to protect our heart because the devil is doing everything he can to deceive us and lead us away from God, to lead our hearts away from God. But righteousness protects it. It's a shield. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a, a breastplate covering our heart. 
which is why it's so important for us to walk in righteousness, to, to understand that we have received righteousness when we received Christ, but that we also have to walk it out every day. And then he, we talked about the shoes of the gospel of peace, how we have to put on peace in our life. We describe peace as calmness of soul in the midst of difficult circumstances. And through Christ, there is a peace available despite the circumstances and situations that we walk through in life. And Paul says that that peace is found in the gospel, the gospel of peace. That because we have peace with God, we have access to the peace of God, and we can go to the God of peace to receive that peace for our life. We have peace that we can put on. Fourthly, he says to take up the shield of faith. The importance of us understanding that faith is so important in the armor of God. Because just like a Roman soldier, if the devil wants to get to you, he has to get through your shield first. He has to get through your faith. And whenever we can hold up faith strong in our life, then it is the first line of defense against the enemy. And we describe faith uh, not as... Uh, that faith is not based on feelings, it's not based on the circumstances that we see happening around us, but instead faith is simply acting on God's Word. That when we hear the Word of God and we, and, we, and we believe it, we walk it out. It's our action that shows our faith. And that faith, when we walk it out, we begin to walk out faith. We begin to live by faith. Walking it out and obeying His Word. And that strengthens us. It gives us an armor or, or it gives us a shield that whenever the devil tries to come into our life and launch an attack in our life, we can stand up in our faith in God knowing that he has to get through that first. And you can't get through a strong shield like faith. Uh, fifth, uh, uh, number five, we talked about the helmet of salvation and how important it is for us to put on salvation for our mind. And that while our spirit is saved, when we receive Christ, our mind is not. Our mind is not saved whenever we come to Christ. Now, when I came to Christ, definitely there were things that I stopped doing, but there was still so much that had to happen. I had to renew my mind through the word of God. And that is what we must do is that we have to put on salvation on our heads like a helmet so that our minds can be saved, so that our minds can be renewed. And we do that through the word of God. Because the devil, he is trying to gain control of your mind. If he can gain control of your mind, he can gain control of your life. If he can gain control of our minds, he can gain control of our life. But if we can choose, if we can watch over what comes into our mind and choose what we will think about, then we can keep our minds protected from the devil and even more importantly, we renew our minds so that we can live out the life that God intended for us, the transformed life. And then last week, number six, we talked about the sword, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the offensive weapon in our armor. And how we talked about that, 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 it, that here, that the Word of God was not the word graphe, which is talk, just talking about the book that, the, that is the Bible. We can have the Bible in our house and it not do anything for us, but it's it is the uh, it's it is the uh, Rama Word of God, which is the declaration of the Word of God. But in order for us to declare the Word, we got to have it in our hearts. It can't just sit 
in our house. It can't just sit in our car, but we've got to read it. We've got to get it in our hearts. We've got to meditate on it and allow it to speak to us and do work in our life. Because if it's in our hearts, then when the time comes, we're able to pull that bad boy out and begin to declare the word of God against the devil over our situation, over our circumstance, over our family, over our marriage. We can declare it. And that is what it is intended for us to do. And the word of God has power because it is the authority of God. It is, it is his words. It has authority and it is living and active. So we can declare the word of God over our life and over our situation. And that brings us to the final piece of the armor. And uh, actually, it's not, it, this is actually not listed as a piece of the armor, but it is listed as a final piece of the puzzle of what Paul is talking about. And I'll explain that in a moment. But we're talking about prayer. Verse 18, Ephesians 6, 18, he says, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Now, um, along with a Roman soldier being equipped with his armor and his weapon in hand, communication for a Roman soldier and for the, for the, for the entire battalion and the entire military army, it was important for, a communication was so important to their success. In fact, they were, it was, it was probably one of the most important things for them in their strategizing in order to win the battle at hand. You see, Roman soldiers were, uh, uh, the Roman military was so key on communication. In fact, they were so good at it that it led to many successes for them. You know, they, they had a communication system, one of them being a bonfire. You may have seen it in movies where they light one bonfire and then, and then there's, and then there's uh, another person with his bonfire. When he sees one lit, he lights his. And it's a chain reaction that when it gets to the battlefield, they know exactly what that means. They also had a flag system or, or, a, or a torch system in which they would have five flags. And when they would raise those flags, it each, there were certain uh, arrangements of flags which represented a letter in their alphabet. And they would have a, a scribe, and each letter, as they would raise up those flags, it would, it would come across a message, and he would write it on a wax tablet and deliver it to the officers. The commander was important for him to get a message across to his army, and they did it uh, using those methods, and it's what made them so successful because the commander was able to deliver a message to his officers, and to the battlefield. It was so important. And just like, just like Roman soldiers, communication is just as important for us as well, that we have to stay in communication with our commander. And at, in, in its basic form, in its basic understanding, prayer is simply talking with God at, at, the, at, the, at the basic uh, understanding of it, being able to communicate with God. And we'll talk more about that. But it's what made them successful, but it's also what makes us successful in our walk and especially in the battle that we are, that we are in, in this spiritual battle against a spiritual enemy. 
because prayer gives us spiritual strength in this spiritual battle that we are facing. It gives us spiritual strength. And it allows us, uh, staying in communication with God keeps us in sync with God. You see, because we are in, I know I keep saying it, but we are in a spiritual battle. Therefore, we need spiritual strength, which only comes from God, who is in the spirit realm. We need God in our life. We need him, and we go to him in prayer. So, to stand strong against the enemy, we have to pray. Now, what's interesting, whenever you read uh, 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 the text in its entirety, Paul says, stand firm then. You know, talking about standing firm against the attack of the enemy. Stand firm by, by putting on the belt of truth, by putting on the breastplate of righteousness, putting on the shoes of the gospel of peace, by taking up the shield of faith, taking up the helmet of salvation and taking up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then he continues in verse 18, praying at all times. It's, he, he's saying, you know, to take up the, uh, uh, to take up the uh, or, or to put on the belt of truth and also the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of peace. And we need the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, and we need the sword of the Spirit, and we need to pray. He continues by saying, praying at all times. He encourages us and reminds us the importance that the final piece of the puzzle is that we have to pray. And he's basically, it's, it's easy to look over, but when I was reading it, it was clear that it was all one message. We need the armor, and we also need prayer. We need the armor of God, but we also need to pray. It's important for us to pray. So, understanding that, why? Why do we need to pray? Well, there are many reasons, but just to give us three Number one, a reason why we need to pray is because the Word of God says so. The Word of God tells us that we need to pray. I'm going to put one scripture up on the screen, and then I'm going to share many more. But uh, Philippians 4, 6, we've already used this a few times in the series. It says, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about some things. Pray about everything. He says, don't worry about, don't worry, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Talk to him and thank him for all he's done. Colossians 4.2, continue steadfastly in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Okay. Uh, Romans 12.12, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. Old Testament, John 33.3, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 33.3, call to me and I will answer you. Jeremiah 29, 12, then you will call upon me, come and pray to me, and I will hear you. Okay? Uh, he, the Word of God commands us and encourages us to pray, which that is a good reason for us to do so. Secondly, because prayer gives us spiritual strength for a spiritual battle. Okay? Ephesians begins by telling us that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the 
spiritual realm, in the heavenly places, which means the spiritual realm. It ends by reminding us that we have a spiritual enemy in a spiritual battle that is also in the spiritual realm. So our blessings are there, and then also our enemy is there. And if we, in order to be prepared, we have to put on the spiritual armor of God, but also we need spiritual strength. We got to go to God. We need Him in our life. We need His strength because our strength is not good enough. We need strength to continue every single day to put on the armor. So prayer, why pray? We, because the Word of God says so, because we need spiritual strength. And number three, because Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed. I'm going to share one scripture on the screen, and then I'm going to read a few more. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place. And what was he doing? He was praying. Jesus was praying. A few more scriptures. Matthew 14, 23, after he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. He was, and it says that he was there alone. Mark 6, 46, after bidding them farewell, he left the mountain to pray. Luke 5, 16, but Jesus himself would often slip away, often slip away to the wilderness and pray. I mean, that says a lot. Jesus, in his humanity, who was also fully human and fully God, he prayed. In fact, Jesus said that he would only do what he saw his father doing. He, he was praying. He was perfect, and yet he was praying. And he who is our perfect example, if Jesus was praying, how much more do I need to pray? And if Jesus was praying often, I should be praying often. Okay, we need prayer. That's a great reason to pray. If there is any reason why we should pray, Jesus showing us the example that we should pray. So, knowing why we should pray, how should we pray? The Bible lists a lot of different ways on how we should pray. But what we're going to do is we're going to stay here in verse 18. Because it lays out here five ways on how we can pray, how we should pray. Number one, we should pray at all times is what it says. That we should pray at all times. Okay, now, uh, does that mean that we, are, that we stay and we lock ourselves in a room and we only pray and that's it? That, that's, that's not what he's saying here. That word time here, which is all, at all times, that word time is the word kairos. The word kairos. Okay, and there's different meanings for this word. It can mean the measure of time, the measure of time, that time itself it can mean a fixed time, you know, a time that God has set, an ordained time that God has set. It can mean an opportune time. It can mean the right time. And I believe that when it's talking about at all times, it's talking about at all times, that moment in time, at all times, that we can pray. That there is a right time, that it's always a right time to pray. That there is, when that moment comes, we can pray. Now, what, he's, what I believe he's saying here is not just we should pray when things are difficult, when things are hard and we're going through things, that we, that's a great time to pray. But you know what? When things are going good, that's also a good time to pray. In fact, it might be the best time to pray because that is the, day, that is the time that the enemy is going to look 
to launch his attack when things are going good. Why? Because many times our guard is down. That's the best time to pray. We should pray when times are difficult, but we should pray when times are good. When times are easy, we should pray. When times are difficult, we should pray. Whenever we are in public, we should pray. Whenever we're in private, we should pray. When we're at Walmart, we should pray. When we're at church, we should pray. Now, I'll explain what I mean by those in just a moment, but, man, we should pray. You know, I remember growing up as a kid, like, when I'd be in church, I wouldn't want to go up at first to pray because I didn't want people to think less of me. I didn't want people to judge me. But, man, how many of you know that that is just a straight lie from the devil? Jesus said that my, that, 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 that my father's house is a house of prayer. If there's ever a time that we can go and get prayer, it should be in church. You know, let us not allow the devil to get in our mind to try to deceive us, to make us think, Oh, well, I don't want to go to prayer because somebody's going to, you know, they're going to think something's wrong with me. Man, that's a great time to pray. Grab a brother, grab a sister, grab an elder, grab a pastor. You know, get prayer. You know, it's always a good time to pray. So no matter what time we find ourselves in, it is a good time to call on the name of the Lord, to pray at all times. Secondly, he says that we should pray with all prayer, with all prayer. What does that mean? It means all types of prayer. Do you you know that there are different types of prayer? And I'm sure you already know what these are. You know, one of them, you know, worship is a form of prayer. Exaltation, exalting God is a form of prayer. uh, Praising God for who he is. There was always, there's always, it's always a good time to worship God, to praise him, to exalt him, to remind ourselves who he is, to remind the devil who he is. How about thanksgiving? Is, that's a form of prayer. It is always a good time to give thanks to God. It's actually one of my favorite forms of prayer is simply thanking God. One thing that my, grand, uh, that, that, that my grandma instilled in me is to thank God for everything. Not just when I'm sitting at the dinner table, but in all things, to thank God. And, I, and I'm thankful for, every, for, for everything that God has done for me, for everything that, you know, I mean, the fact that we are here today, the fact that we live in America, there are so many things. But thank, uh, thanksgiving is a form of prayer. How about confession? Confession is a powerful form of prayer that when we do sin, that we confess it because confessing it is bringing it to the light. It is, it is uh, we are confessing our sins because the devil wants us to hide it, to keep it in the dark. Because we do that, he, remain, he, he, he still has power in our life. But, man, it's powerful when we are just able to bring it to the light, bring it to God, confess it to God, you know, uh, you know, bring it before someone else so we confess it and bring it before him. That's a powerful form of prayer because it keeps us in the light. It keeps it in the light. Supplication, petition. I'm sure you've seen that word before. It simply means to make your request known to God, praying for yourself, whatever you need. Now, I'm not talking about going to God and asking for a BMW, you know, asking for a mansion. I'm talking about the things that we really do need, the things that we are, things that we would normally try to do on our own. Well, let's just go to God. He knows what we need anyways. Go to God in prayer. Intercession. Going to God for others. Praying for others who are in need. You know, God wants us to pray for ourselves, but he's looking for somebody 
who's going to pray for your family, who's going to pray for your friends, who's going to pray for your coworkers. It's important for us to intercede for others. And then how about prophecy? You know, Pastor Ron talked about this about a month ago, you know, a few weeks ago, the importance for us to prophesy. That's a form of prayer, declaring the truth over our lives, over our family, declaring the word of God and declaring it, speaking it, speaking it out in truth, in faith, de- de- declaring the truth. It's powerful. So, so when we pray, he says to pray with all prayer, all of it, use all of it. Pray at all times and pray with all prayer. And he also says to pray with all perseverance. There are times when we need to persevere through prayer, to push through in prayer and not giving up. You know, I actually think that perseverance is one of the, the most valuable attributes that we can develop in life, period. You know, I'm looking at some people that I know who have persevered through some things. And we know the importance of it. But there's also another level of perseverance of waiting on God. Where we are, a perseverance of prayer, where we are persevering and continuing to pray and waiting on God to come through. So waiting on God. And, you know, we're not used to you know, to relying on other people, to you know, relying on somebody else. But God is not just somebody else. He's somebody that we can trust, that we can rely on. And prayer, it, it brings us to a point where we have to be reliant on God. And I think God likes it that way. He wants us to rely on him. Persevere. And, and you know, perseverance in prayer, how important that is. Number four, he says to... Uh, to uh, pray for all the saints, for us to intercede for all the saints, realizing that even even though God wants us to pray for ourselves, that we remember to pray for other believers as well in this spiritual battle, that they too would stand strong. Because there are a lot of, you know, even though we're going through things, there are people in our life who, who, who need prayer. You know, when I, whenever me and my wife, when we were in the hospital with Malaya, you know, watching Malaya go through the hardest thing that she ever had to go through, which, by the way, you don't have to feel bad for her, man. She is a warrior. That girl is strong. Man, you wouldn't even be able to tell she had surgery. Man, what a blessing that is. But while we were there and, you know, we were receiving a lot of prayer, we couldn't help. Melinda and I were talking about it, We couldn't help but notice all the other people who were also going through it. People who had been there for months. And when we were there, people who had been in the hospital in and out, we found ourselves praying for them. We found ourselves praying with our neighbor, uh, you know, the people who were next to us, realizing that we, that there are other people who need prayer as well. You know, we should be praying for the Benlin family. You know, we should be praying for the Merritt family, for the Wilson family. No, for the bourgeois family, we should be praying for those who are, who are around us that we know. Pray for the saints. Pray for those in this spiritual battle where the enemy is trying to launch attacks in their life. We should also pray for the other saints as well. And then lastly, we should pray in the Spirit. Paul wants us to pray at all times with all prayer and all perseverance for all the saints, and also in the Spirit. Now, whenever I initially read this from my background, my first thought is to pray in tongues. Okay, that's that's just the way I was taught. 
you know, High Point Church. And as I was reading this, it is true that God wants us to pray in tongues. It's another form of prayer. But I don't think that that's what this is saying here. And the reason is because he says to pray at all times in the Spirit. Now, I don't think that God wants us, you know, necessarily just praying in, in tongues all the time. There's a, there's, a, there's a specific time for us to pray in tongues. So he says to pray in the Spirit. So what is he saying? Okay, well, the word spirit is the word pneuma, okay? And it has different range of meaning, but obviously talking about the Holy Spirit. And in this case, I believe he's referring to the influence of the Spirit. The influence of the Holy Spirit in our life, of his power in our life. Praying by, that, that we pray in the Spirit, meaning that we pray by being influenced by the Spirit. Romans 8, 26, that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Holy Spirit, He wants to help us. He wants to influence us. Okay? But it says, it says, for we do not know what to pray as we should, as we ought. So the Spirit intercedes on our behalf. That He is ready to help us in our prayer life. He wants to strengthen our prayer life and wants to influence how we pray or how we pray. And I'm sure every single one of you have sensed this in a moment where you're, all of a sudden you get a thought where you feel like you need to pray for this person. Or you get that feeling, man, I feel like I need to pray more. You know, or I, anybody know what I'm talking about where you get that unction, where you feel like you need to pray for someone? No doubt that is the Holy Spirit's influence in our life. But he's saying for us to pray in the Spirit, meaning that we live uh, uh, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, realizing that He is there to help us in our prayer. He wants us to pray under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And I believe it's more about having an attitude of prayer. It's, 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 a, it's an attitude of the heart, realizing that, you know, we, we need God and so do other people. So it's important that we also know that praying in the Spirit, that use of in the Spirit, this is not the only time that that's used. It's not like we only pray in the Spirit. Because the Bible talks about many things that we do in the Spirit. The Word of God encourages us to walk in the Spirit. It encourages us to worship in Spirit. To give thanks in the Spirit to kill the flesh, to, to, to put to death the deeds of the body, kill the flesh in the spirit, that we should restore the wayward brother in the spirit. We should do a lot of things in the spirit. We should live in the spirit. And if we are living in the spirit, if we are, if we are close to the Holy Spirit and we are walking according to the spirit, Romans 8, we can walk according to the flesh or to the spirit. It's in our mind. But when we choose to put our mind on the things of God, and we walk according with the Holy Spirit to please Him, no doubt He will influence our prayer life. He's going to influence us, and God wants us ultimately to strengthen our prayer life. Man, I don't know about you, but I feel like my prayer life can get stronger. I feel like my prayer life can grow. And the Holy Spirit, He is going to prompt us. He is going to speak to us that we would grow in our prayer life. So Ephesians 6.18 encourages us to pray at all times with all prayer, with all perseverance for all the saints and in 
the Spirit. He wants us to grow and to develop our prayer life. So, because we need God and God needs more people praying. Amen? So as we close, a few takeaways. Number one, realize that you need God. We all need God. We need him in our life. Because we are in a spiritual battle, we need spiritual strength. And let us not believe the lie that we don't need to pray, that we can pray later. Whenever that unction comes, it's not from the devil. You know, he's not telling us to pray. It's not our flesh telling us to pray. It's probably the Holy Spirit unctioning us. Let us us realize that we need God in our life. That's why we go to God in prayer. Number two, that very thing, let us go to God in prayer. Let us realize that we need God and let us go to him in prayer. Because there is nothing, you know, we, we need God in our life. We need to go to him. In fact, it's the best thing that we can do. The best thing that we can do is to, is to go to God in prayer. The best thing. And uh, I love how Pastor Ron says this. There's, you know, we can't do anything about yesterday. But we can do everything about today, okay? According to our prayer life, listen, forget about yesterday. Forget about the past. Let's just focus on today. We can start today. You can start now. We can start working and growing our prayer life today. And it's not going from today to becoming a prayer where we're, you know, for praying six hours. All we're doing is doing a little bit more we did, you know, than we did yesterday. Spend time in prayer praising God, thanking him for all he has done, praying for others, praying for ourselves, you know, uh, uh, speaking over our family, that we spend time in prayer. That we pray at all times, pray in all forms, that we don't give up, and that we pray for others in need, and then uh, also we pray in the Spirit. And let us realize, number three, that because Jesus prayed, that we can pray as well. Let us pray in the Spirit. Let us stay close to the Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you in prayer. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in prayer. The Word of God tells us, Jesus says that the, that the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Let us allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. Uh, point number three, let us pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. And let us allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in prayer because he is ready to do it. He is ready to help us, to ready to help us grow in that area of our life. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Let us grow in that very thing. Amen? Amen. Thanks again for joining us for this dynamic message from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.